0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host.
1: Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Woodstock Neighbors Magazine. Bringing Neighbors and Business Together. For more information, go to Facebook and Instagram at woodstockneighbors.bvm. And if you have a heart for community and would like to grow your small business, consider joining our community partner program, the Main Street Warriors. Go check us out at mainstreetwarriors.org. You guys are in for a real treat this morning. Incidentally, the first broadcast of... 2024 for me and Cherokee business radio. Fantastic. Yes, this morning, please join me in welcoming back to the business radio X microphone with the bell curve of life, Mr. Farrell Middleton. Good morning, sir.
0: Good morning, Stone. How are you doing?
1: I am doing well, it's amazing how time flies. I think we just observed before we came on air uh just about this time last year is when we had a chance to have a conversation i had so much fun there uh as is often the case i didn't get the chance to, to ask everything i wanted to know because there's so much to to ask but i thoroughly enjoyed that conversation and i've been looking forward to getting caught up with you see what's going on with the work maybe get some insight from you on how to get uh, a practice like yours off the ground. And, uh, but, it's, uh, yeah, let's get an, an update and maybe a good place to start. Maybe if we could remind our listeners a little bit about your, your backstory and what you're now out there trying to do for folks.
0: Sure, sure. Well, uh, thank you so much for having me back. And I'm proud to be the, uh, the first guest of the new year. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, but very quickly, I was a home builder for 36 years here in Atlanta and had a wonderful career. But uh, about two years ago, I decided I wanted to spend my time a little bit differently. I've always wanted to be a teacher of sorts in my second career. And I developed my program called the bell curve of life. And what I do is my goal is to work with business owners and leaders to help them create healthier and more productive business environments. And with that, we focus on positive attitudes, effective use of time, um, improve problem solving ability and better team dynamics. And I work with them and their staff members in order to do this. And the result of this is going to be greater productivity in uh, enhanced uh, employee engagement and retention and improved customer service, both internal and external.
1: So what have you enjoyed the most over the, over the past year or two? What's, what's the most fun about it for you, man?
0: I think the most fun I've had is getting to know more people in the business community. Again, I was a home builder, so that arena of uh, businesses is my wheelhouse of contacts, that kind of thing. But I have joined some networking groups in the last year, and I've really expanded my um, list of professional contacts. I've done some work with businesses outside of the home building industry. And the fascinating thing is I'm coming to find is, is that a lot of the challenges are the same no matter what the product is you produce or the service that you provide. You still have to get up every day and work hard to get it done.
1: I'll bet. And do you find that across these different industries, since you've sort of spread your wings well beyond the home building industry, I'm sure there are idiosyncrasies. I'm not even try to use that word. I'm sure there are differences <laughs> in the, the the challenges and the solutions for those challenges. Maybe in in a in all these uh, this variety of businesses. But do you find that there are some patterns that you know same? Thing, a surfboard company has some of the same challenges that a software provider does.
0: Absolutely. Uh, there, there are the challenges are the same. A lot of it comes, we'll start with the personnel, which is the big issue. I'm, I'm big on human growth and personal growth and, um, personnel dynamics, that kind of thing. But basically every business owner has to have people that help him or her create again the product or service that they are producing to the general marketplace. And there's kind of a sequence of events in order to create that product or service figure out how to fine tune it inside the office uh, or the work environment. And then how do you present that to the general public for them to engage with your services or products? And the, the sequence of events is stunningly similar for a lot of industries. It's really fascinating. I've I've really enjoyed getting to learn that uh, about other businesses.
1: So you emphasized a moment ago, uh, and I think probably quite intentionally Internal and external. Speak a little bit more to that, would you?
0: I will. Internal customer service is a big issue. And with my career in the home building industry, I worked with a lot of the larger builders in town. Again, I did it for 36 years and I've been involved. I've done the math on it. I was involved in some form of fashion building about 10,000 houses over 36 years, wow. which is a lot. That, that's a bunch. <laughs> And inside a large company of, of any product, but we'll take home building because that's what I did. They're the departments that you have. Uh You've got purchasing and estimating and construction, sales and marketing, accounting and finance. And most businesses have similar departments. Well, if the employees and we'll call them department heads, VPs, managers, directors, are not getting along well, and they don't have the vision of the company in mind on a routine basis where they're all working for the same objective to, again, produce that product or provide that service to the general marketplace, then the overall company is going to struggle. And so if you don't have good internal customer service where your folks are getting along well and producing the product and service, then you're going to have a tough time providing good external customer service, which is to your eventual customer it's a big deal, and I'm coming to find that other companies and other industries struggle with this as well. It's a big issue.
1: Well, it makes perfect sense when you say that. It sounds perfectly logical. I'm sure it's happening all over the place. Maybe even within the Business Radio X Network is probably worth looking at. Uh, it, why do why do things come off the rails internally? Because sure, surely it doesn't start that way, especially in the, when you're early building the business. Like, what is, is it? Just what makes that? Internal Those internal challenges fester up, you think? I think
0: what happens, and this is my experience personally uh in my career and also with the other companies I've been working with in the last couple of years, is it's what I'll call the silo effect. And I did not come up with this term. It's a broadly used uh, business term with regard mm-hmm. to the fact that departments get into their silos and they have their priorities to get stuff done on a routine basis, daily, weekly, monthly, whatever that uh, frequency may be. And I think we just get tunnel vision. And I was guilty of this as well, Stone. Trust me. I was guilty. I got so busy on a daily basis. I was so focused on what I needed to do and what my staff members needed to do in my department that sometimes I lost focus of how my work performance and the work performance of um, my department um, uh, folks was affecting the other departments in the, uh, in the company and we just get again a silo effect you get tunnel vision you get so focused on what you're doing that you kind of lose sight of the impact that your uh, performance has on other people in the company if you're not with them kind of like all day every day does that make sense
1: well it does and it strikes me as a very real operational example of um, growing pains right like when a company is small everybody's all in. Everybody does everything. Everybody knows everybody else's job. And then when you start having some success and building the company out and you decide to create a graphics department or a marketing department or a finance department, I could see how that would be a natural progression.
0: Yes, it is very much so. And I've been involved in companies of all of those sizes that you just mentioned. And as companies grow and get bigger, the lines of responsibility and authority have to get more clearly defined. And some people can't, I can't do that anymore. Some, you know, Joey has to do that now. And it's really hard for people to, to grasp that because I fundamentally think everybody wants to get up and do a good job. And most people want to assume responsibilities and be a problem solver and get things done. But there are only so many hours in the day. And as companies continue to grow and add staff members, then that's where a challenge comes in to how do you delineate those and who's really responsible for what. And there's not a big secret to it. It's kind of a I don't want to call it. A, it's a simple concept, but gosh darn, it's hard to do because well, life takes over every day.
1: Well, it is simple. I'm sure it's not easy, and and I suspect even periodically just bringing the topic up and mentioning it maybe has some little impact. But surely that's that's not enough, and that's that's why you have these services and these programs so, because you've got. I'm operating under the impression that if I am running the graphics department and our organization is suffering some of these pathologies, um, I've got to make some changes. Personally, we got to make some changes maybe structurally, procedurally. You attack all this, right?
0: Yeah, I do. And a big issue that I have seen, and I've experienced this personally myself, is when I get into my leadership uh, program material with uh, business owners and leaders, delegating tasks is a really important thing for people to do. Most people are hesitant to do it for a variety of reasons. It's either nobody can do it as good as I can, or it'll take me longer to train somebody to do this, so I'm just going to do it myself, or I'm the only one that knows this, that, or the other, whatever the case may be. That's all very understandable. However, that is something that leaders and good managers have to figure out how to do, and the way I explain this to people when I'm talking to them about it is with this delegation of responsibilities, you'll be surprised at how smart other people are. Give them a chance. Let them take some responsibility. What's the worst thing that can happen? Seriously, those are the questions I ask to people. What is the worst thing that can happen if you decide to delegate some authority to somebody? And also be aware everybody's got some good talent skills and, and talent levels and, um, you know, opportunities to get stuff done. What I have found is, golly, that person down the hall is really kind of smart. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go knock on that door a little more often than I have been because they're, they're a problem solver. They get things done, and now that frees me up to do some other things that are more high level that I need to be involved in. It's fascinating that people are hesitant to do it for all the reasons that we know.
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I feel like you've been spying on me for the last <laughs> twenty years that I've been part of the Business Radio X Network because i know early on i i was the best there was in our company anyway because i was the only one that did a variety of tasks and i did find it very difficult to let go thank god my business partner was far more progressive in that regard and much quicker to delegate he he'll, he'll joke and he says stone you got to get lazier you know you <laughs> got but uh he he was naturally much uh more attuned to that and and was quicker to delegate and, that, and it 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 was a struggle for me personally i got to tell you
0: Okay. And a lot of people struggle with it. Like I said, I struggled with it. I was a manager at the yeah. age of 22, you know, a bunch of years ago and uh, you know, I'm a smart guy and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's, you know, smart uh, and in certain ways, of course, everybody is, but it's just hard to do, but your life will get so much better if you can figure out how to delegate some of these things. And as a business owner or leader, That allows you to work on higher level issues, what I call them, you know, more vision. What is my goal for the next two years, three years, five years? How are we going to accomplish that? The owner is the only one that can really do that. And in order to properly do that for the health of the business and growth and that kind of thing, they have got to get stuff off their plate and some people have a real struggle doing that but I'm here to help. That's what I do.
1: <laughs> so do you find that some business owners, senior level execs come to you and and they're self aware enough or educated enough or listen to to programs like this or read enough to kind of identify, hey, we we got a problem here. I'm going to go seek out a solution. Do you do you find that some actually come to you saying and maybe they're not as articulate as you are but they've got a feeling for, hey, something's not right here. We need some help. Do you actually have people coming to you, or are you out there having to find them, or how does that piece work?
0: I'm actually having to find them at this point in time, and that's okay. Um, I'm okay. hopeful that the um, you know the first one you mentioned is going to happen, that people will come seeking me out, and that will right, right. come in time, I believe. Uh, but, no, I've got to seek them out. And one of the challenges that I've got with this is that a lot of people, myself included, don't want to either admit or address where they might have some insufficiencies, if that's the right way to say it. Yeah, And they're the owner. They've got to be able to do everything right. They have to do everything well. And I think a lot of people, it's human nature. They are somewhat hesitant to, uh, you know, look in the mirror and point out, Hey, I need some help here. And so what happens is when I do have the opportunity to engage in conversation with folks about the services that I have, the conversation unfolds. And what I'm finding is they're like, golly, now that I think about it, yeah, I've got some issues here. We could do better at this. I could do better at that. So the big issue for me is just getting into that initial conversation with the business owners and leaders talking about some of my topic material. I've got some high level topics that I like to talk about with them to open the conversation. And as the conversation unfolds, the self-reflection starts to come out in a very comfortable way and one of the things I've got to be careful of in a uh, slang way is I got to call the baby ugly. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of Eesh. hard to do. And so i right. got to be, I've worked on that skill in the last 18 months and I've gotten pretty good at it. I can always get better at it, but uh, <laughs> I've just, I've got to be careful. But the way I have the conversation is they start to figure out where they have some issues and where I could give them some help uh, as the conversation unfolds. It's its really very healthy.
1: Yeah. So let's dive into the work a little bit. Uh, and, and let me just, Commend you on, I mean, not only do you have to run this successful practice, deliver on all these things you're describing, provide that value. But you gotta, you gotta sell it too <laughs> before you can get to do it, right?
0: That's correct. Yes. And that's a challenge. There's no yeah, doubt about yeah. it. It's a challenge.
1: Yeah. All right. But let's dive into the work. So, uh, particularly early stages of the work. Uh, let's, let's say you have that conversation and the light bulb goes off and they say, yeah, Farrell, let's, let's have you come in and do your thing. Talk more about your thing.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my thing is, and what I'll do in this is I like to have a complimentary session with a new business owner, you know, just a free consultation, if you will. And we discuss three high level topics. I call them a performer, a environment, then focusing on the internal customer service, which we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. And the last of those three, the topic is called shoving a baseball through a garden hose. (laughs) And I got some really catchy titles for my topics and uh, people have commented on that. But uh, Mm -hmm. basically this is how do you manage your resources? And there are four categories of resources. There are human resources, which are, to me, the most important. Then you have your physical resources, which is what you use to make your widgets and, you know, it's your office building and your computers, that kind of thing. You then have financial resources, of course, which has to be – they have to be managed properly, and every business is different with that. And then finally, you have time, and it's how well do you use your time. How well do you use your staff member? How do they use their time? Are they producing as much as they can? Do they get waylaid with fire drills and that kind of thing? So those are the four resource categories. And so once we get into that conversation, um, we then discover what are the pain points of the personnel management side of things. So are the managers struggling with time? Uh, you're using their time. Well, I'm not a time manager. There are a lot of really smart people out there that do that. My focus is people using their time effectively. That's what I want them to do. And so as these conversations unfold, we figure out what are the pain points. And the pain points, again, might be time management. It might be focusing on priorities. It might be having productive work weeks. It may be uh, having people focused in their area of expertise and not doing things that are not well suited for them. Uh, I call that topic colors are not for me. Uh, and, uh, that's one where I was in home building company. I was not good with colors. People didn't want me picking brick and mortar and cabinets (laughs) and kind of that. That was not for me. There are really talented people out there, but having people work on the areas that suit them well, they will be more productive and everybody's got their strong points. Uh, Stone, I'm convinced of this. Everybody has them. And it's the, uh, opportunity that owners and managers have is to explore those with each person to find out what they're really good at. And man, let them spend their time there and everybody's gonna
1: be in a good place. So there's those topics, there's that conversation, that initial consultation, which I gotta believe has at least gotta be stimulating their thinking and, and putting them in a position to ask more informed questions and genuinely consider these things. And then it it certainly sounds like you have methodology, education, structure, process steps that you now Bring in with with a with a training program or a suite of training programs?
0: Yes, that's correct. I've got uh, my topic material and my, again, my the um I've got over ninety topics in my portfolio. Wow, and I've scripted about twenty five of those fully, and I've worked with all twenty five of those. And so basically what we do is we de- we determine what are, like I said the pain points, and then we structure a custom program for that particular business, and yeah. that could be working further with the owner. Or if the owner says, hey, you know, I've got enough of a grasp on this. I want you to get with my staff members. I can work with managers. I can work with traditional staff level. It just depends on what the focus is that we want to work on for that particular group of people. And I really like what I call a mix of disciplines. And this kind of ties back into what we talked about a few minutes ago with this internal customer service. let's say there's a company with 50 to a hundred employees and they've got a few departments, some vice presidents, general managers, and I want to get those managers in the same room for a little while and Mm -hmm. not for a gripe session to point fingers, all that kind of stuff, but for a productive thing of saying, okay, how does what I do affect the other people sitting at this table? And Mm -hmm. you'd be fascinated to find out how little they know. What impact is that they have on the other folks in the room? It's, it's really fascinating. Interesting. It really is. Yeah, yeah. So basically, once we get through the initial, um, uh, process of identifying what the pain points are, we then customize the program. And what I like to do is come see everybody about once every two weeks for about 90 minutes is the, the primary way that I like to do this. Um, that's the attention span of the world these days, I think. And I've talked with some educators about that you can't go too long. Otherwise you start to lose people. And with the way the world works these days with iPhones and iPads and the iWatches now, which are kind of distracting. I'll (laughs) look at that. uh, You know, people can get away for about 90 minutes and that's about it. And so I'm very, I'm very sensitive to that. And I want them focused on for long-term habit forming. And I believe the best way to do that is in small focused sessions over the course of several weeks. And once we get done, the people are pointed in a good direction, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll live better lives.
1: Long term habit for me, I like that whole idea, and it makes sense to me that training, probably of any stripe, is probably much more a, a process than an event. Right? It's not just what happens during that ninety minutes, but you got to give them some space to digest it, apply it, get some real data from their version of executing on it. Come back with. I mean that that makes sense that you would you don't want to just do this one big, hit and then be gone, right?
0: Right, right, exactly. Now, this this is long-term, and what I'll do in my uh, multi-session series, uh, I like to have five sessions, and that would be one topic per session. What I do, that's my traditional series, Mm -hmm. and I've got some variants on that as well, but we'll stick with that, is when we start session number two, I do a quick recap of the prior session that we had. I'm like, okay, what has everyone done with the material that we talked about last week? How have you improved your workday or your personal life? Again, uh, Stone, this is not just for the workplace. Uh, this goes in a personal life as well, especially when I talk about how to have good relationships, uh, you know, that kind of thing. We, um, we review that, uh, for a quick recap and then we get into the next topic. And what I am able to do is I will tie my topics together. They're all independent of one another. I can have a 90 minute session with a group of people on a topic and bam, they're ready to go. They can go do stuff. But the real value comes in when we do have multiple sessions, multiple topics, and I tie those together. And when I do that, the value of session number one bleeds into session number two, which gets into session number three. And by the time we're done with five of them, there is a really good, wide, broad range of like, oh, my gosh, this makes so much sense now. And, yes, I've got some really good things I can do now moving forward. It's great
1: it just occurred to me getting people together more than just once and having and um having that structure that you described what the long term habit forming being an objective another just very tactical and, and tangible benefit from that has got to be like a common language pattern around these topics right like we're like we're all using the same words to talk about the stuff so it, it, I, I feel like maybe it's a a, a cleaner More productive conversation because we're all calling the same thing the same thing. Is that true?
0: Exactly. Yes. That is a good uh, part of it. That's so well said. I haven't looked at it that way before, but thank you for, uh, asking me that. that, It's good to have
1: a lay person in the room, guys. I
0: (laughs) I love that. Hey, I learn from everybody every day. Let's be very clear. Uh, but no, that's good. But yes, no, that's it. It's just some consistency. Yeah. Especially again, what I call the mix of disciplines is when I get these different department people in uh, the same room together. And uh, we go from there, but yeah, there, there's some commonality to it. And my goal with this and with my program, I've been very deliberate about this and I've spent a lot of time on it. Once we finish a session, everybody can walk away from there with some new directive that day that they can do. Okay. They they can do something different in their life to be a little bit better at whatever that topic material was. That's the immediate value. The long-term value is that the topic material is timeless stone. It can be reviewed in one year five years or 20 years, and the fundamentals are still going to be relevant. And so what I do is when we're finished with this fifth session of a series, I will go ahead and compile what I call a book. And this book is a five-page book. It's one page per uh, topic that we talked about. There's a handout that I have that I give for everybody, so there's something they can follow along with and use for future reference. And basically that book is written for them, but it was written, I gave the outline, but it was written by the other people in the room. And so they all have – they yeah. each person leaves with their custom book, if you will, for how they are going to use these principles that we talk about and how they're going to be uh, doing things better. And each person will have a different takeaway from it, which is the entire objective because everybody's wired differently.
1: This has got to be incredibly rewarding work, man.
0: It is. It it really is, and I'm I'm getting rewarded by it. But the better thing than that is, I really feel like I'm helping people improve their lot in life. Uh, I really, I truly believe that. And it doesn't matter the age. I'm doing some private uh, one-on-one coaching right now. Oh. Uh, I've got a uh, a guy that I'm working with who's about three or four years younger than I am. He and I used to work together, and he's moved on to a different company, and I've moved on to this, and we're spending some quality time together. And I had a, an initial call with a high school friend of mine last week who lives in Florida and he's in uh, the manufacturing business. I won't get into details, but he and I might do something together and I'm working with some 30 year olds. So basically if somebody has got an open mind and they think they can improve some situation in their life, I'm here to help.
1: So what's next for you, man? Are you going to continue to try to grow the practice and maybe even bring people in and kind of teach them the, the the bell curve of life methodology or will you kind of keep it this small practice or, or do you know yet?
0: Uh, I don't know yet. Uh, Right now it's just me and I'm still peddling my wares for lack of a better way to say it. And I would like to be busier. Of course, I've had a very good year. I've got uh, some really good prospects coming up for this year. I've done some really solid groundwork with networking over the last 12 months since you and I um, met last time. And so I've got some things going there, but I would love for this to, uh, expand into needing some help or whatever the case may be. But right now I'm just focused on engaging with as many people as I can. Like I'm the product and that's the issue. I mean, right, like right. I said, I don't make widgets anymore. Right. And so, uh, I'm the product and it's professional services, it's guidance, it's experience, knowledge, that kind of thing. And so that's what I'm working on right now. But I'm, I'm very hopeful that as I continue working with clients, that they will, of course, share this with other folks and that kind of thing if I provide a good service to them. That's my goal.
1: Well, congratulations on the momentum, man. Keep up the the good work. Before we wrap, I wonder if you would be willing. So many of our listeners are either aspiring entrepreneurs or they're in the thick of it, they're in the trenches, and they're trying to get their business going. Uh, what have you learned, experienced that you might be willing to to share with these other folks who are trying in their own niche and it may not be, you know, anything near what you're doing. It may be there, but, uh, yeah, just like if like things maybe, boy, if I'd have known that going in, I'd have saved myself some real heartache and I did this thing and it really worked well, anything we could leave mm-hmm. them with.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the first word of advice I've got for you is patience. You've got to be patient. I thought that I would be super busy within a year, Turns out that I'm not. Other people have their priorities, and basically you just have to wake up every day with patience. And um, I know a lot of salespeople in the world. I, I dealt with them quite a bit in my career in, in home building. I was the one purchasing stuff. Mm. And basically I have turned into a salesperson, and I have learned to take rejection well.
1: Uh, it's really
0: interesting and I don't think anyone's being impolite or rude or anything like that, but everybody's just busy and I have a service that I provide. Like I said, it's not tangible. I'm providing a professional service and basically that is going to take some time to foster. Again, I'm the, um, uh, I'm the product, but I've joined some networking groups and basically it's getting out FaceTime. The big thing is if people are going to join networking groups, which I've done is you have to show up whenever you're supposed to be there. Oh. consistency people will learn to trust you they will learn to think that you are a viable source for whatever product or service it is you're providing you have to show up and you have to participate and i would say those are the big things is get out there let people know what you're doing be patient and i'm more patient than i ever was and you have to take rejection well and i've i've had a tough time with that stone i'll be very honest i'll be honest <laughs> with your audience that was a tough thing for me but i'm i'm getting better at it and i'm just persistent that's what i'm doing
1: well, thank you for that. And thank you for helping us uh, learn from what you've uh, what you're living through. But I'm I'm so excited for you. And I feel like I, uh, of course, I was starting at, at zero, but I feel like I'm much more in- informed about uh, how to continue to evolve the culture of, of my own organization. So well, thank you for maybe that. Maybe I gave you a hand this morning. So, <laughs> well, yeah. you no, know maybe about it, man. Excellent. All right. What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Maybe you have uh, a more sensitive conversation with you okay. personally. Yeah.
0: All right. Excellent. Uh, no, my website is the bell curve of life. Uh, and my email address is feral at the bell curve of life.com. My cell phone number is 678-618-2024. And another thing that I've done since I was here last, I've got a YouTube channel. Oh, baby. And I have been doing some short videos. They're called Reels. Uh, and I've got a LinkedIn uh, program that I'm doing. I uh, do stuff every Wednesday. I call it Focus with Feral. And they're little 60 minute. I'm sorry, 60 second clips. And the uh, YouTube address is the bell curve of life go on. I got over 20 videos on there. Ah. Take a look. It'll give you some more insight into what I do. And hopefully that'll spark your interest and in give me a call and let me see if I can help
1: you. Man, what a delight to have you in the studio. I can't think of a better way to kick off 2024. Thank you so much for the work you're doing and for for sharing it with us, man.
0: Well, I've had a great time with you, uh, Stone. Thank you so much for having me in here. And I can't thank you enough.
1: My pleasure. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Peyton for our guest today, Farrell Middleton with The Bell Curve of Life. And everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you again on Cherokee Business Radio.